0: Chargers head coach Brandon Staley spoke with the media at the NFL Scouting Combine, and he talked about how the Chargers will continue to build around Justin Herbert and give him more weapons, including bringing one of their biggest weapons back, and Mike Williams, did he give something away there? But he also knows that he has to build the defense, so we're getting all that and more on today's Locked on Chargers podcast.
1: You are Locked on Chargers daily podcast
0: on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons. We're heading into our fifth season as host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team. Every day, what's up, guys? Thanks for making us your first listen. As always, today we appreciate it. And to make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Lockdown Charged YouTube channel, and also follow the show for free on all platforms. You can hit us up anywhere, especially if you want to get on tomorrow's Fan Mail Friday episode, and we'll put out a post for that. But, David, big things to get into today because content heaven the last couple of days, actual news to talk about. We had Tom Telesco yesterday, now we have to react to Brandon Staley today. And, hallelujah, you might, yeah, you might think we're thinking you know, defense to start, but. I thought what he said about the offense was very, very interesting, including talking about, you know, getting speed threats, getting more weapons for Justin Herber, the continuity for Justin Herbert, and also talking about Mike Williams as if he's still on the team. But he did say that the Chargers, he thinks, will look a lot more like the personnel he needs defensively this upcoming season, which means they'll have to be aggressive there. And he also loves cornerbacks, which we'll get into. And we'll also talk about his thoughts on the new coaching staff and him building up that succession plan like we talked about a couple weeks ago with these new hires but it starts on offense David and as everything does it starts around Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert is the main man and that was Brandon Staley's number one goal to coming in and that's what everyone said you know yeah he, he said in this press conference last year everyone was like hey how are you going to build around Justin Herbert how are you going to make this work as a defensive coach right and he said that that's still one of the big things but now everyone's asking about the defensive side of things so he must have done a pretty good job with the Chargers' offense and. But he talked about Justin Herbert. He basically, mostly just talked about, you know, how much he thought the continuity going into his second year of the same offensive coordinator. And if we know the history like we think we do, it's like six offensive coordinators in the last like seven years or something crazy like that. Like having a second year in the same offense, I think, is going to help him. And so will his experience. And that was the other key word he talked about a lot. David, he said he has the inventory of all these coordinators. Hey, I face the style of defense. I've been in these situations. It's not a big deal for me. I'm just going to keep building now that we got to keep doing is expanding the knowledge, really emphasize the things he does well and onboard a bunch of personnel that can bring the best out of him. And that's going to be our mission here the next three months. But I do think that's a great point about all that experience. Like we we can expect him to get better because he's only going to keep running into more familiar defenses.
1: Well, that's probably true with any quarterback and in, 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 in at any level, but especially true for Justin Herbert just given his history that you mentioned just going through that many different coaches that many different offenses spanning back to one of his first years in college football so the fact that he's able to you know ground himself in this offense be able to go back to all of those experiences that he did go through, draw on those positive things that he did well, learn from those mistakes that that he made and those struggles that he had against some of those more sophisticated defenses. All of that information is going to help Justin Herbert be that much better in his third year. We already know he's supremely talented, but we also know that he is also incredibly intelligent as well so he's going to use those experiences marry that with his natural talent and you're just going to get an even better version of Justin Herbert in his third season where do you even go from
0: where he was like borderline MVP candidate we're talking about how much better this guy is going to be and part of that is going to be bringing him some more weapons and I think he kind of echoed Tom Telesco's sentiments with his thoughts on just you know that's what we're doing the next three months is getting more weapons for Justin Herbert and trying to find out how to use him the best because it's one thing to watch film on him but now that you've had a full season with him as your quarterback I think you know exactly kind of the type of weapons you need to get the most out of him I think that's what he's kind of targeting there and one of the things that Fernando Ramirez brought up who's on the Chargers beat as well was that the Chargers didn't have a lot of speed and he did say that the speed is important and he kind of acknowledged that they didn't really have the speed right he said when you have to defend the top shelf of coverage we call it like level three the top shelf of the coverage it opens up a lot for your offense when you have that threat if it's legitimate now if everyone knows you can get there but when the guy's on the field and everyone knows what's going on that's not worth that much you have to go after complete receivers and he also talked about yeah you can have guys like jamar chase and tyreek hill but those guys are doing a lot after the catch as well so not only david is he talking about speed right he's also talking about We need more after the catch, right? And so I kind of took that away from that as well. So that is interesting because that is kind of the dynamic we thought that the Chargers offense needed.
1: Well, it's funny as we hear some of these things from Tom Telesco, that's very, very bland. And then you hear the in-detail version coming from the head coach and Brandon Staley. And also it's just nice to hear that what he is saying is also echoing the same sentiments that we have shared and that we have expressed over the last couple of years. With the Chargers, we know that, you know, especially with Justin Herbert's arm, just imagine what Justin Herbert could do with a Tyreek Hill type of guy with that type of speed, with his ability to throw 70 yards down the football field. Those big plays that you saw just every once in a while, that could happen a whole lot more often. And what he also said was that that speed guy is going to open up things for the rest of your offense for, you know, your guys like Austin Eckler, your guys like Keenan Allen. And, Daniel, you're guys like Mike Williams.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that was very interesting because I know we went conspiracy theory yesterday talking about, you know, how Tom Telesco said they would h- hope to extend Mike Williams. And that was the plan. But, yeah, it's like, yeah, you. Ho- I bet you hope you can sign him for $5 million a year for four seasons. doesn't mean <laughs> it's going to happen, right? No. But I-, I think that was interesting, though, just because that means they're thinking about bringing in a wide receiver on top of Mike Williams, right? Including Mike Williams in that combination of guys. Exactly. Bring someone who brings that different skill set and what it will do for Mike Williams, which is another thing that we've talked about. Just because you keep Mike doesn't mean that you're done at the wide receiver position, even with Josh Palmer, because those three main guys you have, none of them are checking really those boxes. But at the same time, that is interesting because, I mean, also with that last point, I mean, him talking about the deep threat and all those things if you know it's coming it's not really worth that much that's kind of how we were feeling about Jalen guy right and why he might not be getting the deep bombs we were expecting from him last year and how if you only have him who's not a, i would say a fully complete receiver or you know right. an above average complete receiver then it, it stops being as, as effective because everyone knows hey if we are shading our defense one way it's over this guy but with all these comments we're hearing about mike williams david i mean it's hard to- not to take anything away from it, right? I I think at this point, it's hard to believe that he wouldn't be back just from everything that's coming out.
1: Yeah, to me now, it's the only question that's in my mind is, is it the franchise tag or is it straight to a long-term extension? Just because the comments that have been echoed from Tom Telesco, from the head coach, Brandon Staley, they've all been consistent. They've all been, we love Mike, we respect what Mike's done. We're not going to forget the performances that he provided to us. And marry that with just these most recent comments, everything's been consistent, and they're also all consistently pointing in a very obvious direction to me, and that's that Mike Williams is definitely coming back to the Chargers.
0: I mean, it would be hard to take it any other way right now. Just and we're obviously we're reading a lot into it. No one's saying he's coming back for sure, but I think the other part of that, you know, extension or franchise tag, when you're trying to you know decide which one it could be. With the certainty they're talking about, it makes me lean more towards franchise tag because you can have whatever deal you want. Mike Williams still has to accept it. His agent still has to accept it. You throw the franchise tag on somebody and then want to work out a deal. There's no acceptance part of it, right? Like he could try to hold down things like that. But once you get that franchise tag, you're locked in for at least the 2022 season. So just with them speaking with that kind of sense of certainty makes you think that they're not afraid of him getting away right now either that or it's the total opposite right but it right. just like they're talking about their future with mike williams in it so i do think that was a takeaway from this because that's back-to-back days from two of the most important people in the organization that exactly. are kind of either saying we want him back or in brandon staley's case maybe it's a slip of the tongue but he will be back and that's yeah, already was back, interesting right? but yeah that's not what the Chargers take a lot of heat for they didn't take a lot of heat for the offense they took a lot of heat for the defense but brandon Staley seems. Very confident, David, that the Chargers defense is going to look a lot more like the defense. He wants to run next year and have the personnel he wants. And I think we all know the Chargers defense needs some more juice. And I think that was very easy to see from the 27th ranked defense. But one of the other things you need juice for is the sports that you don't love as much and having to continue to watch them once football is over. And the best place to get that juice is with BetOnline.net, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. I know football season is over, guys, but there's so much great stuff on the horizon. And when you don't like a sport as much, but you have some action on it, I promise you your eyes are going to be glued to that TV like never before. And the best place to place those bets is with BetOnline.net because they have the best odds, lines, and props that you're going to find out there. And there's a ton of good promotions in tournaments they have going all the time, including right now a ton of great props about the NFL Combine while it's going on. Will anyone beat John Ross's 40-time, right? four two two. I doubt it. (laughs) I'll say that. But you can also bet, you know, will the fastest 40 time be faster than 4.29 seconds? Will Rich Eisen run faster than a 6.0340? So many great props going on with the bench press revs and everything else going on at the combine. It can be a little dry, the combine, right? Watching guys run around in spandex, always not the most fun. But when you have some juice on it, I promise you it's going to be that much better. And that's why I'm always betting with betonline.net. It's not football. It's not just basketball, right? You have so many things to bet on with UFC, boxing, Hockey going on, and there's only one place to do it, at betonline.net. Bet online, where the game starts. David, it was so nice to c- get some, you know, actually hear from these coaches and Tom Telesco, the general manager, this week after just going so long in the dark. It was nice in this combined time, right, especially with free agency right on the horizon to kind of get all of these things from these guys. But we knew that Bransdale was going to have to address the defense, At some point, but I do want to thank everyone for making Locked On Chargers your first first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL as well. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL Monday through Friday, free and available on all platforms, so you can keep up with everything going on around the league too. Especially those free agents and whether these teams are likely to bring these big time free agents back, because that's the one thing we don't know at this point. But we do know that the Chargers need to get a lot better defensively, David. And we talked about it a little bit in the last segment. Brian Staley thinks that this personnel is going to look a lot different and a lot more like the personnel he needs seemingly to run the kind of defense he wants to.
1: And that's music to my ears because that just uh, is also, you know, in line with the fact that, you know, that theory that we think that he has more control over personnel decisions than we might have known previously and I think that's a good thing and, you know, if the first year of of his reign was any indication of that then you have to like that, you know. You have to like that because all most of those moves he made, or moves that were made in conjunction with Tom Telesco and the rest of the organization, were mostly positive moves, and they need that same type of intensity of focus on addressing those issues that are very evident on the defensive side.
0: Yeah, and he said they want to be. A deep team, he said, you're going to hear those words a lot. I know that will allow us to be a good team. If we're a deep team and we're a team, you know, that's complete on all three levels defensively. So they needed to add to corners and the defensive line and, the, you know, the linebackers, everything pretty much. And that is true because, I mean, they. it's hard to look at one specific area of the Chargers right now. That they're totally deep and totally fine. That not knowing yeah, what's going like, to happen. Can you
1: say? Can you look at any group on the defensive side and say, "Hey, now nah, we're good. I, I don't need to add anything to that group."
0: I mean, at I corners, so. yeah. I mean, at cornerback, you, you're obviously probably missing Chris Harris Jr. and we'll talk about that. say basically said that at safety, you feel good about the top two guys, but we don't like the depth there. You know, with what we saw last year and how much of an issue that was. And then also along the defensive line, I mean, that's the easiest place to look at and say, hey, you need talent there. Linebacker, we don't know what's happening with Kazir White. He was the only good linebacker for the Chargers consistently last year. But the one thing he did talk about the most was cornerbacks, Dave, and just how important corners are in his defense, right? And he said, so corner is definitely going to be something that we're looking at. We're always going to be looking at it as long as I'm the head coach. And what he talked about was just that 65% of the snaps in the NFL across the league Teams are playing with five defensive backs on the field, so that star position, that slot corner, as a lot of teams would call it, that is a starting role, just like a th- you know the third receiver and eleven personnel on offense, right? You run it so much that is a starting position now. And we know the Chargers have two guys that we expect to be, you know, no doubt about it, starters with Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. But he did say Asante does have some flex to go inside, and they have seen them trust it and trusted from him. But at the end of the day, David. They need corners, and I mean, it is important, especially in Brandon Staley's defense, and it also seems like he's kind of saying, hey, Chris Harris Jr. is not going to be back, and that's a position we need to fill.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that just confirms our our thoughts that we had already. I mean, we kind of knew that Chris Harris Jr. was on his way out um, you know, he had injury riddled a couple of seasons with the chargers well, when his contract up is up. So it's just, he's right.
0: not coming, you know, they're not going to go, Right, they're not going to resign him. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and they probably shouldn't, they need to get younger at that position. And this is just, you know, Brandon Staley saying, Hey, we are going to add corners because we need to. And it's just nice to hear that, you know, those thoughts are in line. Um, with what we thought as well, it's just nice. They yeah, didn't to hear say I him. feel
0: really good about Tavon Campbell, right? Like <laughs> no. or something like that.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. And which you know just tells us that he knows that he needs to add more talent to that position. You feel great about Asante Samuel Jr. Michael Davis obviously has some things that you love about him, but past that, there's not a whole lot of guys on that roster that you feel great about throwing out there and getting consistent snaps from. So they need to add more quality
0: yeah and quality everything else too right yeah. because the other thing that helps your corners is having a good pass rush and that wasn't good enough either Absolutely. so like it it all goes hand in hand and you just have to hope they are still thinking along those lines of brandon Steele saying hey what we did on offense in 2021 is yeah. what we're going to do on defense in 2022 he says he you know sees it sees the parallels there for sure but no matter what i mean even if you bring in Like, it's hard to say they're going to bring in a free agent corner. Maybe, you know, a cheap slot option like a Bryce Callahan or something like that if they come in at the right price. But you're probably going to have to add a rookie, too, and you don't always want to have to rely on that very early on in their career. Either way, even if you add one good player, one player you feel really good about, you still have to get a lot more out of Michael Davis, which is why I'm glad they was asked about Michael Davis. And he said, I think Mike's his starting cornerback in this league. I think that the number one term gets thrown out there, but there's not very many of them in the league. I think he's improved a lot as a player. I think he has a stronger sense of his game now, especially playing in our system, which is a different system from a technique standpoint, from a scheme standpoint. I think we asked him to do a lot of new things. And there's a lot, I think, banking on this, David. I think there is a, a big part of how much better this Chargers defense is going to be in 2022 is if Mike Williams can get better in those you know areas. And there's been a lot. There's been a lot that Brandon Staley's mentioned, but that is going to be hugely important.
1: Yeah. Michael Davis is only 27 years old. So yeah, he's been in the league for a long time or for a minute, as Brandon Staley put it in his press conference. Um, But one thing that that is um, very important to mention is that when he was playing with with, you know, his previous defensive coaches, he wasn't asked to do a whole lot. I mean, he had, you know, pretty simple assignments in the cover three. And, you know, there wasn't as many techniques that he is going to have to ask to, to go out there and execute. But in this defense with Brandon Staley, it's a lot more exotic, a lot more difficult, a lot more complicated. So there's a lot more techniques that he has to learn and master and go out there and execute in Brandon Staley's defense. The one good thing that you heard out of that was that Michael Davis is actually at the facility right now working on his game. And you know, he doesn't have to do that. You know, that's a, you know, it's a positive thing for him. You, that just shows that he cares. He wants to get better. Um, and, when you look at a corner and you want to build a corner out of granite, out of a statue, I mean, that's what that's what Michael Davis looks like. He has the, the size. He has the speed. He has the length. Uh, I mean, he has the ball skills. We've seen it. If he's able to put all of those aspects together and go out there and perform to his capability, to his potential, then you could see a much improved cornerback unit.
0: Yeah, and it, a lot of it has to do with that and Asante Samuel Jr. getting back to, I think, that pre second concussion, you know, or pre concussion defender that he was. I mean, he yeah. was really promising early on, and he still had some good moments towards the end of the year as well. But it, the tackling wasn't there as much. The kind of fearlessness in the tackling after, you know, you take a knee to the head from Najee Harris and you get a concussion yeah. like that and two concussions so close together. Like yep. That's scary. That's going to make you be a little hesitant, especially absolutely. right when you come back. But those two dudes, like, we're considering them starters right now. We're saying the Chargers need to add to that. But you also have to have those guys be a lot better and take the step in Brandon Staley's defense that he thinks they can take. I mean, we know both of them are very talented. Another thing we know about Michael Davis is he has gotten a lot better. We all remember yeah. lamenting Michael Davis before yeah, he got the contract that he did because he improved so much over his first few years after coming in as a very raw, undrafted free agent. But he does bring the most athleticism they have at that position on a defense that doesn't have a lot of juice like we talked about before. So they need him to turn it around because if he does put it together, if he does take that step with his tools that he has, just the physical traits, I mean, that would be pretty nasty. And that's something that would make the Chargers defense look a lot more formidable and one of the best ways to improve a defense that was in the bottom you know, five of the league in 2021 but the other thing that we got to hear from brandon staley about which was nice was how he thought about the new coaching staff because we haven't got any of his thoughts on it and he was making the connections we were making including you know ryan ficken corderel patterson reunion time maybe and we'll get into that coming up right after this all right david well we did get to talk about the you know chargers succession plan and one thing we talked about when we had all these new coaches that came on and the news came out for all those guys the tom mars the ryan fickens you know, all of these guys was just that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's scheme fits, right? But at the same time, what it seemed like what the Chargers were doing, there's some replacements, like Fickens a replacement, Brendan Nugent's a replacement. You know, you fired your special teams coordinator, you lost your offensive coordinator, your offensive line coach to be an offensive coordinator in Miami. Yeah, yeah. But the other guys, though, it just seemed like it's like, okay, you're bringing these guys on because of the amount of attention that your other coaches are getting. And that's one thing that Brandon Staley talked about a lot was just like, how much attention his coaches got and he also started Derek Ansley getting a defensive coordinator which we didn't know about in, in yeah. interview for one at least but yeah I mean so many offensive coaches even that didn't leave right got interviews Joe Lombardi Chris Beatty right you also have Kevin Coger like all these guys are going to go at some point you would think sure. especially with Justin Herbert being there it seemed like he was building up you know his own kind of coaching tree and his own foundation to keep replacing these guys after some guys eventually leave. But Ryan Ficken was the guy that the Chargers brought in. And one of the things we heard was just how much, you know, detail Brandon Staley's went into to find the right guy, right? he was, Ryan Ficken was saying, hey, you know, he was asking guys that was like, what? And like, I had no idea. He was just talking to these guys, trying to make sure I was the right fit. But the one guy he couldn't keep out of his mouth, David, was Corderell Patterson. And we know, you know, Andre Roberts did really good. I'm still in favor of bringing him back. But the other guy we've talked about potentially bringing in is Corderell Patterson, who can not only, you know, be a great return man, special teams ace, but also a running back and offensive weapon as well. And that was something he definitely seemed like he was talking about a lot.
1: Yeah, there's no question about it. Now, there are, you know, some people out there that are saying that Corderell Patterson would prefer to stay in Atlanta. But if that does not take place, then, yeah, this is an obvious fit. You always look for those connections between coaches and players, guys that have worked together before. And fit and availability, is there a spot for this player to come in and improve your football team? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, using Corderell Patterson as a weapon, you know, you don't want to just put a label on him. I think this is one of those those players that's better served to go out there and execute several different roles for you. That's how you maximize him and get the most out of him um, would be to throw him all over the place. I mean, kick returner, you know, it doesn't matter. Punt returner, receiver, running back, put him all over the field. Just let put the ball in his hands and let him go be special.
0: I mean, I think if he came to the charge right now, he'd be RB two, right? When yeah. Justin Jackson heading into free agency, right behind Austin Eckler, got a ton of carries last year. Saw him in a different role, but yeah. obviously he would automatically boost your special teams unit as you know, maybe the most consistent special teams player over the last decade. Like what that dude has been able to do so consistently, yeah. and he got to start with Ryan Ficken. and Staley. You know, really talked about how Ficken ended up using him as a gunner too, and found different ways to use him. And found different players in the draft that would come in and be good special teams players. And that was something that he talked about a lot, too. Also, going to that point of, you know, Tom Telesco having given, you know, Brandon Staley more roster control. And, like, even, you know, Anthony Lynn. Like, we saw what he said about Kenneth Murray, and Kenneth Murray walks through the door, right? And it yeah. seemed like that was such a Anthony Lynn pick, right? But- Definitely. Definitely. So it's not as if this hasn't happened before, but I think we're getting enlightened to it more now. There's more transparency there with Brian Staley, who's one of the more transparent coaches you're going to find. but it was interesting him talking about the succession plan right Our conspiracy from a couple of weeks ago bringing these guys in bringing Tom in to work with he put it as he put it with Joe Lombardi with Shane Day you know, promoting John Teemu from being basically an intern to being a different defensive assistant because he was a guy that was getting a lot of attention as well. And then also bringing in Mike Heastan. And I think we had it first, uh, you know, maybe it's an offensive line position because his dad is a legendary offensive line coach and the current Notre Dame offensive yeah. line coach. And we know Tom Telesco hates Notre Dame players, so I don't really get it. <laughs> but he's going to be working with the Titans in the offensive line. But it was great to hear him say it because he actually put words to it. The sign of a healthy organization is when you have built a really talented staff, a loyal staff that you've developed from within that understands exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I think getting the group of guys allows us to grow from within and not have to go to other places to find what we're looking for, David.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much exactly what we said on our succession plan show, which is awesome just <laughs> to to get that validation because I mean, those were all theories at, at, at the time, right? We didn't know that. You know, they brought these. Well, guys it made in. sense. I mean, yeah, it's not exactly. that it was like we, a, a we super Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we connected the dots for sure. But right. uh, I mean, like I said, it's just nice to you know to get that confirmation from from Brandon Staley saying, "Hey, Tom Arthur is going to come in here and basically get groomed to be that next offensive coach that you know is going to take the place of a Joe Lombardi or of a, a Shane Day or of one of those guys that are inevitably going to leave." Uh, right. I mean any of these guys that are going to work with Justin Herbert are going to look very, very good because Justin Herbert is very, very good. And get a lot of
0: attention when you have a defensive minded head coach.
1: Exactly. And you know, the spotlight is on you. It's your opportunity to shine. If you go out there and make the most of your opportunity, then you are putting yourself in a very good position to get another promotion. So the Chargers trying to Be agile as an organization, be able to grow, be able to promote their people and continue that continuity in their coaching staff with coaches that they've groomed that know what they're trying to teach and how they want to get things done. So very, very good stuff from the coach.
0: Yeah, and you don't know how it's always going to work out, right? You don't know if it's just because you bring someone in to be the mentee doesn't mean that they're going to be the next great thing. Of course. But, you know, Brandon Staley's bringing in guys that he believes in, and I tend to believe in the guys that Brandon Staley believes in because I have one season in, and they had a top five offense in the league last year, right? And all of these sure coaches did. did seem to work out, including Frank Smith, who left. And, I mean, he's the guy that when he did leave to be the offensive coordinator in Miami, We talked about, you know, that is a big loss. Like, Frank Smith was a really good offensive line coach. Coming, you know, from everyone saying, can this guy be an offensive line coach because he's the Raiders' tight end coach? Very talented guy. But we knew how much the offensive line improved, right? So we're like, how do you keep that continuity? And that's what he talked about with Brendan Nugent, the new offensive line coach who he has relationships with all the way back to 2011 at William and Mary, these small school guys all know each other. No surprise there. But also, you know, was with Joe Lombardi, with New Orleans for a long time. And I think that is the nice thing about that hire specifically, David and Brandon Staley talked about It's just, you had such a good run with that offensive line, even though you, you know, we're dealing with a lot on the right side, still much improved than the seasons before that, right? So much improved. And now you get a guy who knows that offense, knows the blocking schemes of that offense. So even though this time you can't bring somebody up from within, you're at least bringing someone from the same system.
1: Yeah, I was about to say this is as close as it gets to to bringing somebody in from right. within because this is a guy who has worked with Joe Lombardi for many many years in New Orleans, who knows him, knows you know knows the offensive line, knows the scheme, knows how they want to block, and you know so they're trying to ease that transition, make that to be as seamless as possible, and I think this was a, an obvious choice um, in in the uh, you know quest to do that.
0: Yeah. And he also just talked about, you know, how important the offensive line was for the success of the New Orleans Saints the last few years. Obviously, last year was sanding because their offensive line was super beat up. But yeah, what we've seen you know, is 10 pro bowlers right in his time there as the assistant offensive line coach. And maybe, you know, now if he moves on to somewhere else like Frank Smith that he you know did this year. Maybe it's Sean Sarah that moves up to be the offensive line coach with another year of learning this system because he didn't come from this system. Right. Like Brendan Nugent or Frank Smith. And then maybe my key stand is now the assistant offensive line coach, right? After he has a year under his belt, learning offensive line, switching to both sides of the ball. You just
1: want you just want to hope that they continue the development of these players because I think with this coaching staff, at least from the previous year, Daniel, you, you saw – some players take obvious steps forward and grow and show that development that we think has kind of been sorely lacking for, with this Chargers organization with the last couple of the coaching staffs. I can't think that you can point out to or handpick a, several players that you can say truly got better from the beginning of their tenure to the end of their tenure with the Chargers organization. So we just want to continue that type of growth and that type of development with the Chargers players.
0: Well, and the one thing we haven't really gotten to see yet is how they groom these fourth and fifth and sixth round picks because it's too soon to tell only after one year of seeing yeah. you know, Brandon Staley-inspired drafts, right? We don't know how these middle-round guys are going to fare yet. I mean, I think you like what you've seen with the top four picks from last year in the first three rounds. I think yeah. Chris Rumpf showed some nice things in year one. I think you saw some from Nick Neiman, especially as a special teamer that you liked. Mark Webb's kind of incomplete. And, yeah, you know, same Grenden with Brandon Heimis. Heimis. Yeah. yeah, exactly, but... You don't, That doesn't happen in one year, right? And Brandon right. Sealy has vocalized that before, too. Everyone's on their own different time. But Trey Pipkins, right, for what that dude was at the beginning of the year, to when he did have to step in, he was ready. And it also made you kind different. of believe in this coaching staff from that point on the offensive side of the ball, less so when Ken Murray's on the field a lot, that they'll know when a guy's ready to go in. So maybe when they were holding back Brendan Hymas, it's hard, to, still hard for me to believe Senio Kelamete was better. But – That is kind of building, I think, the trust there of like, you know, these guys know what they're doing. They know when guys are ready and they know who's going to fit the best as well. So, like, I'm really excited to see in the second year how the Chargers build this team in Brandon Staley's image because I think we saw a lot of the guys bring it, they brought in last year really work out for the most part. And I think that you're going to see that continue with Brandon Staley getting those guys and hopefully this year more on the defensive side of the ball. But thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen. Tomorrow is, of course, Fan Mail Friday. So make sure you get back in for that because, you know, you can call into 323-524-7924 and get in on the voicemail line. Keep it close to 30 seconds, 45 seconds. We would appreciate it. And you also hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnLAC as well. Now make your second list in the LockedOn NFL Draft while you're doing that as well, because Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker, bringing the NFL Draft to life every day with the insight and analysis on college football prospects in the NFL front offices. So draft time, I know I'm listening to those guys right now, but on tomorrow's show, if you have any, you know, Free agency questions you want us to get in. If you have any questions about anything, make sure you guys hit us up to get on the episode because we'll read your questions tomorrow. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, Dave Drogmeyer on Twitter at SD. You can also find us on our new at Lockdown Chargers Instagram page and our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to us on our Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel as well. As always, we enjoy doing the YouTube with you guys. The shows, of course. And if you guys want your questions, you can put them in the comments there as well. And you can also find us for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But it was great to get some actual content from these coaches, from Tom Telesco, the general manager. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow for Fan Mail Friday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.